Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sport. Rain continues to sweep up, it sweeps down, across and around the country, ruining any chance of play in the match between two teams who did have 100% records, New Zealand and India. It means New Zealand State top of the table for another couple of days with seven points from four matches and uh, India move into third place in the table at this early stage of the competition. Attention now turns to Friday when England and West Indies resume recent hostilities. With little play possible on Thursday, uh, we have a couple of interviews for you today. Former England cricketers Ian Bell and Mark Ramprakash. You're listening to Following On. Well, here we are again. Uh, rain meaning no play possible between India and New Zealand. New Zealand now top of the group with seven. India in third with five. Australia second. And England currently on fourth. Uh, England take on West Indies on Friday. Talk Sports and Talk Sport 2, of course, were in the Caribbean for that series recently. Uh, one of the few in recent times which has seen uh, England actually not come away with the, all the honours. 2-2 uh, with one washout, meaning that uh, England will know that they face a real challenge in the match at the Hampshire Bowl on Friday. Both captains, as you'd expect, have been speaking to the press. Let's hear first from England's captain, Owen Morgan. Owen, is Joss Butler fully fit? Uh, Joss is fully fit. Um, Mark Wood is going to have a fitness test in the morning. Um, nothing too serious. It's just he pulled up a little bit sore from the game of Cardiff. So he's the only concern at the moment and Murray and Ali comes back in yeah um, great news obviously Mo's wife gave birth to a baby girl um, all healthy and well so it's great to see him back and how highly do you rate this West Indies side we saw in the winter that you both teams pushing each other all the way what do you make of them yeah they're a strong outfit uh, we expect the, the exact same tomorrow um, they're explosive with the bat and you know 
a different challenge with the ball. A lot of the seamers are quite tall and look to hit the wicket. Um, and obviously the majority of the time they only play one spinner. So that's going to be the challenge here. And in terms of the West Indies, are you expecting a slightly different kind of game than the ones we, we saw in the, in the Caribbean recently? It was kind of a, a slugfest <laughs> with the number sixes. Yeah, I'll, so. be, I'll be surprised if the wickets are as good. Obviously the parameters of the ground here are, are a lot bigger than the West Indies as well. Um, but given that the wicket's been on the covers for the last 24 hours, um, I, don't, I don't think it'll be as good. Oh, and just in, in terms of that previous series again and the, the way Chris Gale had such great success against you, have you gone back over that, reviewed that series and, and come up with new plans or, or is it business as usual? Um, both. Uh, so we've looked at previous series where we've played at home um, and plans that have worked uh, and also when we've played on, like recently in the Caribbean, on very flat wickets where he is hard to contain. Uh, we've also planned for that as well. So Moeen Ali back in the side after the birth of uh, his daughter um, but there are injury concerns surrounding Mark Wood uh, that will be managed throughout the tournament uh, but it'd be interesting to see if he's able to roll back uh, and bring to the party a bit of the success that he enjoyed in the Caribbean he wasn't even in the ODI side it was only because of an injury to Ollie Stone that he got another chance uh, and boy did he take it and uh, few who were there in St Lucia will ever forget um, the hurry up that he gave plenty of the West Indies batsmen who are going to be playing at the Hampshire bowl so it'd be interesting to see if Mark Wood plays and the crowd who turn up no doubt will hopefully see himself and Joffre Archer Joffre Archer of course Barbadian born Jason Holder West Indies captain was asked about that and plenty more when he spoke to the press ahead of the game tomorrow you know, today was our last day to practice and, you know, you can see very well that we're not able to get outside. But again, it's beyond our control. Um, with regards to injuries, um, I guess we'll make our final determination tomorrow morning, just giving everybody the best chance to just recover well and, and be, you know, eligible for selection. And I wonder to myself, will some of your players be especially keen to be hitting boundaries against Joffre Archer? <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I showed you right where we'll be there. Um, it's obviously been something that's been talked up in the press and the media. And yeah, we're all looking forward to the challenge against England. You know, I don't want to limit it just down to Joffre. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to this game against England. Uh, can you give us an update on Andre Russell and his knee? Yeah, he's progressed nicely over the last couple of days. Um, yeah, he's just one of those guys where we give him as much time as he possibly needs. Um, so it's all, it all boils down to how he wakes up tomorrow morning, it feels. Uh, you talked a little bit about using in short spells against Australia he bowled a five over spell before he went off hobbling was that just a bit too long that spell probably you know hindsight you know probably it's probably a little too long but yeah um, he was going well in that game you know I kept asking him you know how he felt he said well one more skip one more skip so it's hard to deny him Jason Holder speaking there. No fresh injury concerns, uh, although uh, the Andre Russell situation regarding his knee, that will have to be managed. So uh, a bit like Mark Wood, I suppose. It would be very surprised if we see Andre Russell and Mark Wood play every game from here to the end of the tournament. Uh, but again, uh, Hollywood players, um, this is a Hollywood stage, really, the World Cup. So hopefully he'll be fine. Now, not a lot of cricket from the World Cup to really uh, whet your appetite on today's show, unfortunately. So uh, please to say we've got a couple of interviews for you as the former England batting coach spoke with Talk Sports James Savindra about uh, his reasoning uh, behind uh, departing the England camp and his hopes for the future. I'm joined here at Lords by Mark Ratnikash. Mark, it's been uh, been quite an eventful few months for you, I guess. How are you doing? 
Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, enjoying the summer uh, when it's not raining, and uh, but obviously enjoying the World Cup and the feast of cricket that we've got to look forward to. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic summer. And for you personally, you left your role with the ECB at the end of May. That's correct, yeah. Um, so new territory for me. Um, and uh, sort of a chance, I guess, uh, you know, when I retired in 2012 as a player, I was very lucky. I, I went straight into a little bit of coaching with England under-17s, really enjoyed that, found it very rewarding. And uh, opportunities presented themselves just by luck. And uh, I got involved with ECB and I worked with England Lions. And then Peter Moores asked me to work with the England first team. And, uh, you know, I've had about five, five and a half years with them. I've really enjoyed it, um, doing tests, uh, ODIs. Um, working with the Lions and under-19, so across the board. So great experiences, worked some world-class coaches and obviously some world-class players, so lots of happy memories. What have the highlights been? Because it's been quite an eventful five years or so for England cricket. You think about the World Cup in 2015, considering the World Cup going on now. You've had the Ashes victories, Ashes losses as well. There's been a lot that's happened. There has, and I mean, it would be easy to, to look at the highlights and feel that uh, it would you'd look at team results for the highlights and of course you know when we won away in South Africa you know that was a, a big win overseas there and the home victory against India I think uh, was a really you know India a very very tough well-balanced side and uh, I think England did brilliantly to to win that series 4-1 so there were highlights no doubt in terms of results but probably the highlights are really the the relationships and the friends that you make and the, and the memories you have working day to day with the players and the coaches and not just the coaches but the support staff as well you know there's so many good people that work in and around the uh, the the um the team, you know, if you look at Reg Dickerson, he's the very experienced uh, security guy. And then you've got the, the doctor, the physio and the analyst. And, the, you know, there's lots of people uh, that uh, contribute to the England side so that the players then can go out uh, well prepared and hopefully uh, enjoy themselves out on the field. Do you feel you're able to build really strong relationships with the players as well over that period of time? Well, I tried. And, you know, I look back with a lot of pride that, uh, you know, I left no stone unturned to try and be the best coach I could be and, the, and sort of support them, um, you know, mentor them, help them, encourage them, you know, all of that as best I could. And, uh, you know, when I first uh, took over in that role, uh, we had a new influx of players. Uh, into the side. I remember uh, Joss Butler, people like Joss Butler came along. Joe Root hadn't been there long, Ben Stokes, Moeen Ali, Chris Wokes, um, Johnny Bairstow, you know, back into the fold. Um, very exciting cricketers, great potential, uh, full of enthusiasm. And um, it was a sort of a new young crop, if you like, and it was wonderful to work with those guys, try and build trusting relationships initially as a coach, which is really important that they they have a, a trust in you and they know that you care for them and that you really want them to go out and do well. And um, a lot of people think that coaching is about telling the players what to do, but that's, you know, it's very far from it. It's not, that's not the case or not in my experience. Um, these are already very, very, very good players and it's a case of talking with them um, and talking about how they prepare, what sort of things they need to do in practice, um, looking at the challenges the opposition will present and also how they're thinking, you know, what are, what are they thinking when they walk out on the ground and, um, you know, how they accept the ups and downs of the international stage. And you've built up a huge amount of experience now coaching and playing. 
what what in particular would most interest you would it be working for a franchise or there's 18 county sides one of those sides in, in a head coaching role perhaps well I wouldn't mind managing Arsenal um, that would be something that uh, would be at the top of the list I guessed but if it, if that's not to be then uh, uh, I would I, I uh, as I say I'm open to offers I I, I uh, I think I, you know, I put a lot of energy into um, the role I had with England. I gained, I feel, a lot of experience working with lots of different players and different international coaches. Um, so, yeah, something with a bit more responsibility does um, enthuse me and I, I feel like uh, I'm ready for that. Um, but uh, what that will be, I'm not 100% sure. Just finally, just not as a necessarily a batting coach. You want to be considered for other roles, considering you've, you've been a batting coach for so long now. I imagine you'd like to, as everyone in their career wants to, to look onwards, upwards and, and climb the ladder, that would be something that would interest you. Yeah, I'm very keen to keep evolving as a person, uh, as a coach um, and in the cricket world. I think that's really important. I think as a player, I try to have that attitude. And I think, uh, you know, you don't want to just stand still. You want to keep learning, having new experiences, um, and that's certainly something I hope to do uh, in this period. And uh, yeah, I'd absolutely look at um, something with a bit more responsibility. Mark Ramprakash speaking with James Savundra, who also caught up with Ian Bell, who had plenty to say, including how he feels Jofra Archer is an absolute certainty for the Ashes. Ian, firstly, we need to ask about the injury because we've not seen an action so far this year. Yeah, it's been been frustrating start to the season uh, on that front. Um, it's obviously coming along quite nicely, a little bit slower than... The Mabley, uh, the first sort of um, uh, idea of getting back playing, so probably a couple of weeks behind, but coming along and face bowlers for the first time today, which is obviously nice, and just got to build it up now and hopefully get into the into the second team and then back out on the field with the with the first team. So many tests for England, no DIs. You played so long for Warwickshire. What's keeping you hungry and what's keeping you you in in the game and playing? Um, well, I suppose you know, obviously you're a long time retired. That's the first thing at the top of my mind. You know, there's going to be a lot of time. Um, when you're finished to do lots of other things but um, you know I, I'll be honest with you I'm a bit of a, a cricket nuffy in, in a way I just love playing the game and you know I want to keep playing as long as I can um, you know winning games of cricket for Warwickshire obviously the, the priority and take a lot of satisfaction uh, whatever the format you know to win games of cricket um, like I said we've got quite a young group here so it's nice to be able to do I suppose at the end of your or the back end of your career to be able to try and pass on information to young young players here at Warwickshire, and we've got a few good ones. We've obviously got two 19-year-olds at the moment in, in Liam Banks and um, Rob Yates. Um, so to be able to get into a side with those guys and hopefully pass on a bit of information um, is very satisfying as well. We've been here at the Edgerton today looking around and seeing there's so much World Cup advertising. You go through Birmingham, there's, there's cricket World Cup posters everywhere. England, there was so much talk of them going into the build-up. What have you made of what they've done so far? It's two wins and that defeat to Pakistan. Um, yeah, I think the the best thing, I mean, we know how, how good that England one-day side is and they've been so consistent and so good for a long, long time now. Um, I suppose the thing that actually coming now into the tournament, seeing most teams play, I mean, you realise there's some really good teams as well in that. I mean, the way India played against Australia the other day was seriously impressive. Um, so I suppose... You know, going into England were clear favourites, but all of a sudden now I think it looks like it's going to be very tight and England are going to have to play at the top of their game all the way through to, to win this, which again makes, makes for a great viewing great, and a great World Cup. How important was it to bounce back from that Pakistan defeat with the performance the team put on against Bangladesh because it was pretty much a perfect all-round performance? Yeah, it was, and it was the kind of performance we know that 
this England team can uh, can put together. Um, and I, again, I think with World Cups and I mean, I was lucky enough to go to three. None of them really went to plan, to be honest with you. But you know, when you've seen the teams that win it, um, you know, you certainly don't want to play your best cricket at the start of a tournament. You want to be building and, and getting better as the tournament goes on. Um, any mistakes, get them out of the way early. And um, hopefully that game against Pakistan was a slight um, slip up, but it was more, I suppose, in the fielding department. Uh, and they seemed to, to put that right in the next performance, which was great. Um, and you know, with Trevor Bayliss and, and the way that group work, they'll be working incredibly hard um, on all aspects of the game to keep improving. As I said, competition play is, is about peaking at the right time and um, they'll want to put on their best performances when they get to that latter part of this tournament. Jason Roy grabbed the highlights naturally with that 153. What was quite interesting afterwards is everyone was talking about Jason Roy for England in the Ashes despite the fact we're still in a World Cup where England are favourites to win. What are your thoughts on that? Because you played a part, a huge part in the 2005 Ashes having played only a handful of tests before that. Do you think it would be too early to throw him into a, to an Ashes test to, to make his debut pretty much? No, no, not at all. I don't think it would be early in his career. He's obviously an established white ball player. We know he's, he's absolute quality in, this, in these formats. Um, so I don't think that will be a, a surprise or a change. Um, I still think the same with Joffre as well. I mean, we're seeing and his name's there and he looks a rare talent, doesn't he? He's an incredible, incredible cricketer. Um, I suppose the only thing from my point with someone like J-Roy, I think ability-wise there's no question. Uh, top player. Um, proves that he can play at that level. Um, I suppose he doesn't open for Surrey, which is an interesting one. The fact that he bats maybe down at four, five, six, and to open in Test matches is a very different style of cricket. Um, as I said, ability-wise, that's never going to be in question. Um, opening a Test match takes a certain uh, style. Um, you know that moving red ball, certainly a Duke's ball um, in England, is not easy. Um, that's why we haven't seen too many people. You know, the next Alistair Cook. Um, you know the mental side of the game sometimes you have to be able to grind it out for a couple of hours without scoring too many runs so I think it's it would be a really interesting call I think he's done everything he can to put himself in that place and I'd like to see him have an opportunity Ian Bell five times Ashes winner he knows a thing or two about winning Ashes um, 2013 really comes to mind when I think about Ian Bell at his very very best three Test centuries in that series, I believe. Um, and really the difference between England winning and losing. It'll be Steve Harmison, Guy Swindles and Andrew McKenna uh, talking England through their encounter with the West Indies on Friday. Uh, but for now, that's pretty much all we've got time for, unfortunately. We will be back after the England-West Indies game with Steve Harmison and Andrew McKenna uh, bringing you following on. Uh, but to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you for the next show when, as I say, Maka and Harmy will look back at England's game with the West Indies. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org 
forward slash cricket today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.